Welcome to another episode of the Heartship Journey Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm your host, Andrea Mauser, a mindset and personal growth coach and creator of Choose Your Journey. We all endure hardship in some form in our life, and it's those very things we go through, we grow through. My guest today is Brittany Lansing, who shares about her personal health journey battling malignant melanoma. As her mom referred in Brittany's baby book, she was blessed with all these moles. And it wasn't until September of 2013 in which a dark mole in her chest started the process that would result in a cancer diagnosis. Brittany's story is what defines perseverance. And you will be so glad to have heard it directly from Brittany. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to check out my website, www.chooseyourjourney.co to hear other episodes of inspiration. Well, today I am talking with Brittany Lansing. Brittany, thank you so much for sitting down to talk with me and share about your malignant melanoma health journey. Yes. So maybe to kick things off, would you be open to sharing a little bit about who you are and your family and where you're from? Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me on today. Um, my name is Brittany. I'm originally from Edgewood. I was originally a Vorwald. Um, I met Josh actually in college. Um, we met at a high school party and... I guess, actually, I should say I bought him beer for the first time without knowing even who he was. Yeah, a cousin of his actually introduced us to each other, and um, yeah, I bought him beer because I was 21, and he obviously wasn't, so... That's funny. Yeah, and so um, we went to a party then later and kind of hit it off, and it's been ever since, yeah. so actually going on 10 years. That we, ask, we've been together, long? yeah, oh 10 gosh. years, yep. Been yep. married for... Yeah, we've been married actually coming up um, five years. We'll be married in October, yep. Um, otherwise, yeah, we live right here in Indiana. Uh, we have a little girl. Her name is Lainey. She's three and a half. Um, yeah, she was born in December, so she's a spitfire. She, fiery, kind of fiery red hair, blonde, strawberry blonde. She just hit or miss, and she's loves to be outside, loves to be on the farm, all mm. that stuff, and all girl at some point, but total Tom girl in other aspects too. <laughs> loves to get dirty, doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, fun. Yep, and yeah. three and a half. That's a fun age. A very independent age for them of like I can do it oh absolutely I think that started so early just because she she could basically crawl before she sat on her own at six months old oh she gosh. walked at 10 months old and from there on out I kind of was like oh potty training that's gonna be a breeze <laughs> when it got to the be the point and I think we worked on it for about a year and finally it just kind of clicked in her head and that was the best thing ever was yeah. to get all that done and out of the way. But yeah, but yeah. Wow. So yeah, um, we'll actually be moving out of town here in the next, I can't even say how many months just cause my in-laws are building the house. So we'll get to move on the farm and being able to do all that stuff with Lainey and Josh is out there all the time anyway. So kind of creating a multi-generational farm. Yes. Yep. That yep. So yeah. Cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Josh and I bought into some land this um, beginning of the year. So we bought 80 acres off his mom and dad and, starting to get in that concept of all that stuff it's it's scary but also it's it's good because obviously we have a small little house here and mm -hmm. growing we're definitely growing out of it so yeah. we making dreams come true yeah too. Exactly. I love that yeah I love that yeah so when did all of your health situations start taking place so actually when I was born um the first thing that my mom wrote in my baby book was that I was blessed with all of her moles so it was actually, my mom is covered with them. My sister has them too. Um, but yeah, I've had 
multiple, I couldn't, I probably wouldn't even be able to count how many I have on my body. So, um, it's just been something that we've always watched in our family. Um, growing up, it wasn't something that I really was normal, I guess, or I should say that we went to, the, I mean, I started to go to dermatologist once I got in high school and stuff to get stuff checked out. And my mom obviously had went to, but skin cancer was never anything that was really brought up when I was growing up. So I didn't really think anything of it. Um, the one my best friend was getting married in September of 2013. And so that's kind of when, I guess I should say July, because I was a personal attendant in our other good friend's wedding in July of 13. And I had a black dress on and my mom had noticed a spot on my left chest and she said, Rick, that's really dark. We should maybe get that checked out. And me being me and at the rightful age of 23, I'm not really thinking of any of that. So yeah, yeah I'm... Was it like it. a freckle or was so it So actually it, it was a mole and it was up on my chest. So I didn't really think anything of it besides I have them everywhere. So what's right. any different than my sure. other ones? So um, we kind of just played it off. And I said, Mom, I said, it'll be fine. Give me after the wedding and I'll, I'll look into it. So I think it was when August is when I had my appointment with. I see Dr. Hoy. Um, he is a dermatologist through Medical Associates. And he actually comes to Dyersville every so often and comes there. So he's been the family dermatologist that we've seen. So he came to Dyersville and I had an appointment and I'll never forget walking into that first, it's the first room on the right. So if you've ever been into medical associates there in Dyersville, it's the first room on the right. And he looked at me right away and he checks me head to toe. So looks over everything and he's like, Ooh, I don't really like the signs of that one. And I'm like, well, that's kind of why we're here is for you to look at it. So he went ahead and took off, punched a hole basically out of it. and At your appointment there? Yeah, at my appointment. Yep. Yeah, they gave you shots of Novocaine and so you don't really feel it besides the sticks. So um, yeah, give you shots of Novocaine and go around and they cut it right off and put it in a tube and send it for labs. So I, I can't remember for sure when I originally had gotten the call back that said, oh, this this is something that we want to have checked into further. So he doesn't do anything surgically, anything like that wise. So he sent me on to Dr. Obink and he is a surgeon at Mercy. So would they have done a biopsy then on that first? So what check? they, so they take the little spot off first and then they go around and then they'll take another section off. So after that, I think I probably had like what a quarter size piece probably taken off around here is what they retook off I should say so after they took that off my margins still had some some contents of some skin cancer so he's like I I think we need to look into this a little further so that's when they want to do like biopsy type all that stuff so what they do is called a dye test and so when I went in um, I was prepared for at least surgery here I didn't know if anything else was going to be taken off so the dye test actually is injected into your skin and it will travel to lymph nodes. So actually each little prick, they told me that was probably gonna be the worst part, was each little prick was about 100 bee stings is what it was gonna feel like. And I had to have four of them all the way around it. So as they shoot you, they're rubbing it in your skin and making it feel like, oh, this is gonna be fine. And I'm like, yeah, no, this oh this fucking hurts. Yeah. <laughs> no so, novocaine for that yeah, probably. Yeah, no. So. So after that, um, before we went back to surgery, we were going to know if that dye was going to travel anywhere. Was it going to travel to my neck? Was it going to travel to my armpit? Was it going to go anywhere? 
And if it didn't go anywhere, that meant it was hopefully all stayed right in that local vicinity. So um, luckily because it's on my chest, they wanted me to have a plastic surgeon come in too. So Dr. Kennedy is a plastic surgeon at Mercy. She came in and made sure that there were no lips, you know, stuff like that and made it look decent enough and little enough that I was mortified enough that, okay, my best friend was getting married in a couple weeks and I was gonna have to have this massive scar on myself too. So that was a big, a big thing. I know my mom still, my sister, they still get a kick out of prep for that surgery and stuff that I'd never really had anything ever done major before. I had my appendix out when I was little. I can't even remember how old I was, but I went back and Mercy is a lot smaller than any other normal hospital, but you go into the back and they had a few little things and I had to go and have a PET scan done on like basically a semi-trailer is what it is, is what you go back and you got to have dye injected and you have to sit for so long or whatever, but I'll never forget, I wasn't expecting the finger prick, that they had to test me for my blood sugar. And we were sitting back in this hallway and my mom and my sister were with me and he punched that sucker in and it was just kind of like Buddy off of Elf when he goes and he goes, ow! That's exactly what my mom and my sister pictured was me. <laughs> and I'm like, still to this day, I said, this is probably the worst part is getting these stupid little finger pricks done because you don't expect it coming out of right, anywhere. But, right. but yeah. So, so yeah, the dye test came back and it traveled to my left armpit. And so from there on, they do something called the sentinel node biopsy. And so they go in and they cut into the armpit and then the sentinel node, the, the big main one that they see, they cut into that and they biopsy it to see if there's anything there. So that was the extent of my first big main one at, at Mercy. And, in 2013. And so were you hospitalized done. over a period of time for that? Um, yeah, so they just keep you normally overnight just for observation just to see. Um, and then I was able to go home right away the next day. And just since it was just a small little incision in my armpit, I didn't have to have anything extra done to it besides just a few stitches. And then I had the um, my chest all covered up and stuff just to yeah. make sure. But otherwise, that's all that I had to do for the first one. So after that, I was like, okay, that was not too terrible. And you're like, okay, good. I can go get ready for the wedding. Like, yep. Yep. Life moves on. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It was actually kind of crazy. The morning of my best friend's wedding, we uh, had our makeup done and one of the first weddings when airbrush started to become popular. Mm -hmm. And so we had strapless dresses. And so I was like, oh God, this thing is going to be, I said, I don't even care about what my face looks like. I said, just cover this up. And when you look at pictures and everything, you'd hardly even guess that it was there. It still had like the glass, the, it looked like glass, but the clear glue and stuff all on it, so it didn't even hardly look like anything wow. was there. Yeah, yeah. So what I was all worried about was absolutely yeah. nothing that I needed to be worried about. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, did you have a time period that things were kind of normal for you? Yeah. So actually, after two thousand, that was in September of two thousand thirteen, is when I had that first surgery was done. Um, so coming back after the sentinel node. Um, come to find out that there was more, there was more inside mm -hmm. than that. So rather than, Mercy's a great hospital. Um, I've dealt with them obviously for years now too, just looking back, but my mom had had a rare form of appendix cancer growing up that um, she went up to Mayo Clinic for. So knowing, kind of talking around, um, there was a few other people in this communities around us that had had a few people that had gone up to, Mel um, to Mayo and even melanoma related. So we had called up there and talked to Dr. Markovic, who is the main, main melanoma doctor up there. And he was gladly 
able to give us a second opinion. So we went up there and I had a full PET scan, CT scan, the whole ball of works, labs done, everything. The finger prick, <laughs> yep, the finger prick again, yeah. So I had all that kind of stuff done um, just to see if, okay, was what Mercy was saying to me, is that all correct? Or is it something that I'm gonna obviously have to have another surgery for? Or am I better off to move up to to you guys and see if you guys have can specialize in this stuff and all that? So that's that's kind of where we went after after that was where yeah. we started my journey at Mayo was right after that. And what was your mindset going through all that? Um, I guess it was kind of hard to comprehend it all. Like it was just it all happened so fast, kind of at the time frame that it was like, oh crap, like cancer, like that's it's a hard word. In my aspect of, I felt fine. I, I didn't have anything hurt. I wasn't sick, you know, things like that. That okay, you see all these other people that are going through chemo, going through radiation, and seeing all them and like, legitly on their deathbed, and if there's no treatment, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. it's also that aspect of like, oh my God, am I am I gonna die? Like mm-hmm. at 23 years old. Trying to think of, like, I haven't even had my life start yet. Like, mm-hmm. Josh and I, who were just looking at houses, you know, we obviously have only been together a couple of years, and it's like, I don't, I don't, I didn't really know what, what to think. Like, it was just all kind of a blur. Like, everybody, I mean, obviously, my support system through, from the beginning till now has been obviously fantastic, and just everybody, like, prayer, I mean, all the prayers. Like, yeah. everybody just saying, I mean, that's all that they could really do, and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't really know what else to do myself either besides yeah. all right let's let's go in get it out and mm-hmm. let me let me go on that's yeah. type of a thing so yeah. that's that's kind of what my mindset was is get it out <laughs> yeah let's get back onto life yep yeah this thing and yeah see what unfolds yeah so what did unfold so after um, when I started to go up to Rochester I was able to actually get like readings for myself so with melanoma they give you um, different stages. So they give you, um, melanoma is actually rated by a Clark level and a Breslow scale. So mine was a Clark level four. Because I know there's different stages of cancer. Yes, so automatically when you start, it just kind of depends on the severity. I'm pretty sure I started at a stage three is what mine started with. Um, but anytime it goes and it can reoccur, you automatically get put to a stage four. So after mine had originally started at the three, kind of went through the biopsy, had gone away. And then after that, they put me at a stage four just because of active reoccurrence, all that stuff. So, um, okay, so the Breslow depth is, it helps measure how far melanoma has invaded into your body meaning the depth of from like okay your skin surface to like down into your the other extra layers of the skin because I don't get into all those medical terms <laughs> so um, and then the Clark level is it kind of has five different stages like that's also goes along with the deafness of the melanoma too so like I said I was uh, Clark level three and my Breslow depth, so for how deep it was, was 0.8 millimeters. Um, 
a lot of people I've known some people that have had two millimeters even like all the way up to like four millimeters it can oh, go wow. all the way down so like it gets it can get down there pretty pretty Ooh. deep but mine was very minimal so mine stayed more almost towards the surface so that was kind of another shock when they had talked about all that but mm -hmm. um, so after my surgery in September I went up and I was referred to Mayo um, I had my left axillary lymph node dissection. That's an awful. That's the main when they went in and they basically kind of took everything that they could kind of find. So they grabbed um, 14 lymph nodes out of that wow. dissection. Okay. And all of them that were removed were tested. They all get put underneath a microscope, cut all up, biopsied, um, put on, and I had, like I said, 14 of them there that were taken out. Normally it takes a couple days for um, the results to come back. So after that, I was obviously put in the hospital for a day, I got to come home. Um, I got to come home with a drain. So they put a drain in, this, in the site and I had to monitor to make sure I didn't have any, so much drainage, like I had to measure and I had to, if, once it got underneath 30 milliliters or less um, for two or three days, then I was able to have it taken out. Okay. So um, it didn't, maybe a couple weeks just because it was my first one I think I had it in for a good couple weeks um, and then I just had actually had got that done locally at um, my physician down here that just cut the couple stitches that were there and deep breath and pull it out and it was in there probably at least a good foot and a half wow. probably Could yeah. you feel it um, I couldn't feel it inside besides having to drain it because you got to put the it's disgusting yeah putting the pressure on and getting all the blood and the gunk and stuff out and then yeah, yeah dumping it all out and then re-squeeze it and get the pressure all in there and stuff and um, that's kind of when I started to feel the the numbness and the tingling and almost like my arm kind of fall was mm -hmm. falling asleep. Is that and a side effect? Yes it actually is because they're cutting in all your nerves sure. underneath your armpit okay. so they're like well that could be something that you're could have to live with for the rest of your life. So also with cutting into your lymph nodes, you deal with lymphedema. So that's the swelling of your arm and um, just all the lymph nodes obviously are getting all the good stuff and making sure all the bad stuff doesn't enter and that could be a big side effect was, was lymphedema. So I got fitted for a sleeve. So I had to wear that when I did any kind of physical activity, um, when I flew on an airplane, just because of the pressure, all that stuff. Um, those are the main things that I had to use it for so and do lymph nodes regenerate well technically no so every body is different every they can't really even tell you how many each person has um, I I've lost count of how many I've obviously had taken out throughout mm -hmm. the whole thing but um, to start with 14 I'm like holy crap like yeah that's, that's a lot to be taken out but so after a couple days I had gotten the news that um, all my lymph nodes had come back and they were all negative meaning no, no more melanoma. Oh, so wow. that hopefully, obviously that it had just traveled to the, the lymph node, the main one, they had taken the biopsy and they maybe took the hunk that had melanoma in it and that was it. So after that, they all had come back normal. And how'd that feel? That was a big sigh of relief. Like obviously, like I said, going into it, I was nervous as hell, uh, not knowing what to expect. And after I heard those clear words, it was like, holy crap, like this is awesome, yeah. done and one and done and here I go. So um, that was, yeah, that was a really, really good feeling. Um, I then ended up 
going back and seeing um, Dr. Markovic and just going over all over everything and he said that um, obviously the outcome was exactly what they wanted it to be um, but that up there at Mayo they do like a five-year program so I would start going up and seeing them every three months um, after my PET scans and CT scans would come back clear they'd push it back to six months and then after six months it'd be a year and after a year um, once I hit my five-year mark stage then I was technically graduated and I'd be done so I'm like oh five years like that's a lot of time but it wasn't that big of a deal um, to me at that point so I ended up um, so that was all in 13 um, on one of my appointments um, they do my PET scan as a head-to-toe just because it could travel anywhere or anything like that. So I had a PET scan done and they found something that they thought looked very suspicious. Um, melanoma is something obviously that can travel anywhere, go anywhere without throughout the lymph nodes in the body. And it was actually down on my right thigh, like internally pretty deep. And so it was, I don't even remember for sure what the approximate size of it was when they found it. So they, we're like, okay, we're gonna just check it out. Um, it was close to my sciatic nerve, so they kind of really wanted to watch it and not have to do anything if possible. So we went through the next few appointments and all my other scans and everything had come back clear, um, just keeping an eye on that one nerve. So we went through um, until August of 2014 is when they found, that's when they found the tumor. Um, so we waited until it was the 28th of May in 2015. That's when, um, a couple days before that actually, is when I went up and had a check and the tumor down there had grown quite a bit. And they were actually really surprised that I couldn't feel it, you know, especially being right there by my nerves that, okay, if you're moving funny, if anything, you know, you're not feeling anything. And I said, I have absolutely no, no idea of anything in there. So on the 28th, I went in and I had another surgery um, and I legitly have a scar from almost probably, it's probably at least from here to here long that they had to go in that far and over a foot spread long. me apart. Yeah, over a foot and a half probably. Oh, geez, yeah. yeah. And spread it all apart and I had to have a the nerve doctor there and I had to have, I mean, there was a whole big mess of people in there for just this little tumor so they took it out they biopsied it um and I know I remember still sitting in the in the room and they came back in and they're like yeah this is this is melanoma and I'm like are you serious like only a year later from my other surgeries and I'm like I, I can't believe it and so they went in um did some more dicing up cutting up everything like that um, we were just getting ready to be discharged from the hospital that next day and they walked in and they said, we messed up. And my mom and I kind of looked at each other and I'm like, excuse me? And they're like, yeah, it's not melanoma. I'm like, what? Like still, like I, I remember sitting in there and I'm like, I, so you told me like within 12 hours ago that this was melanoma. This is for sure that it's spread and it's there and now it's not. So they retested, they took it all out, they let it grow, they did all their other testing, and sure sure enough, it was not, not melanoma. Just ended up to be a benign tumor. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that Holy was almost, cow. yeah, seven years ago. So yeah, that's 
Wow. Yeah, long. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I couldn't believe it. So after, then... Would you have had to have had that surgery? Well... Regardless, or I, I don't know? I don't know if they would have, just because it was growing, mm-hmm. um, and they did the biopsy on it, and mm-hmm. it was positive, and oh. so that's why they wanted to do it, just More because... Maybe. Because, yeah. 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 Yep. So I think Jeez. just to go on with it, and obviously knowing that it was biopsied as positive, and then, yeah, after surgery that, oh yeah, it was full of melanoma, and then, oh yeah, within 12 hours to come back in and say, nope, just kidding... It's Holy not. cow. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm still like trying to find the words around that. Like, yeah. I can't imagine being the person to hear that. Yeah. That'd be a roller coaster of emotions. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah. Because within the last couple weeks before that, yeah, it was like, oh, it's spread and it's back. And yeah. You're and then, preparing yourself. Yeah. Like, okay, yep. I got through this once and yep. here's what I got to do. Yep. Yeah. And actually, friends of ours were getting married the following weekend. Um, Joey and Kara Raker were getting married and Josh was in the wedding. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I couldn't walk 100% because of everything being all yeah. cut open and the strength and everything. So I was on crutches, and we had friends from out of town here and all this. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that's the last thing that I need to be dealing with is yeah. all the other stuff. So with having weddings. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of, yeah, like you said, a whirlwind of everything. Um, but then after that, it was kind of clear sailing. Um, I went up and continued to do the six month I think was I had maybe another three month after that but then I went up there again in three months um six months and then I started my years um my every year one so I was getting to um I'm trying to think so we got married in 2017 Josh and I did and so that following October would have been in 2018 would have been my five-year mark so um luckily enough we got pregnant right away after we got married so um being pregnant I couldn't have a PET scan I couldn't have anything there so I had to push everything off so back in I kind of let everything settle after having Lainey and um, by the time I could get into my schedule to get up there to see them um it actually ended up not being until May of 2019 so I made an appointment to go up there. Um, I was obviously four months postpartum and I had had a PET scan and my oncologist normally, she's, she's very blunt. She'll come right in and she'll say, oh, all clear, all clear. And I was so used to hearing that for the last how many months that um, when she had come in this time, she had a, had a different look on her face. And she said, um, there's something going on in your armpit again. And so same it's armpit. same armpit, same armpit. Yeah. in the left armpit. So I kind of was like, seriously, like I would have been five months cancer free in October. And if I wouldn't have been pregnant, I would have gotten the all clear and hmm. boom and away. I would have just seen my normal physician and my normal dermatologist and everything. And so, I mean, still to this day, I say that Lainey was kind of a blessing in disguise that having her, I, it pushed everything back. So mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have had her at the time, mm-hmm. I could have been walking around full of cancer wow. by now at this point. So, Ooh. yeah, which it's that makes it even more totally crazy. So, um, so after seeing that there was some some spots that lit up again in my armpit, um, I had another biopsy done, and sure, in fact, it was melanoma. Mm-hmm. So kind of starting the lines of 
okay, here, here we go again to start, to start everything all over. Mm-hmm. So, um, they went in and took out some more lymph nodes. Um, at that point, they don't really know. They could obviously see the, the ones that lit up on the PET scan. Um, but normally the, the surgeon that I've had, um, she's super great. Um, Dr. Tina Hyken is who is who I go through, but, um, she, she'll go in and anything that she can find, she'll grab, even if it's tissue, anything that's in there, she, she kind of cleans house inside. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything that she sees, she grabs and I mean, lymph nodes aren't, aren't very big. So trying to find what she needs is, is yeah. hard enough. So, um, let me see. And with this round or this diagnosis, were you feeling a, any particular way of like, okay, I've been down this road before. Mm-hmm. I, yes. Um, I think the hardest part for me was I had a four month old at home. Mm-hmm. So just knowing the fact of, holy shit, like having to do all this plus trying to be a mom plus yeah. getting in the swing of things, going back to work. Yeah. Um, all that, it was kind of, kind of like a, oh shit, what am I, what am I going to do? Did you have lifting restrictions? Yeah. So after every surgery, you only have, um, they start you off with 10 pounds. Um, so even some of it at first is even like the gallon, a size of like gallon milk is all that you're even supposed to lift. If that, um, so starting out, obviously a newborn Laney, at least luckily she was a runt. So at least I could use both hands to, Mm. to maneuver, to pull up, to do all that stuff. So that really helped a lot too. Mm. But, um, it was still, yeah, still hard. Yeah. Just the fact yeah. of, of all that. So the surgery that I had, um, in June of that year, they took out five lymph nodes there. And that was 14 the time before. Yep. 14 was the first time. And then five was this next time. Yep. So I had to have a drain output in again too, and had to have the same, um, 30 cc's per day for three days in a row, all the same. Um, do you have to do any physical therapy? So at that point yet, I did not have to. They were just kind of um, monitoring, making sure the lymphedema, all that stuff, um, just getting full reins of motion, kind of just practicing that kind of stuff. And obviously knowing that I had a, a newborn at home too, that that was gonna be probably one of the hardest things to do. But then um, after that, I went back for a check in October then for a three month um, follow up there. And through the scans come to find out that um, unfortunately there was the previous biopsy lymph node that was in there um, was still in my armpit. So she went out, she went in and took out five lymph nodes, but out of the five, none of them were the ones that were what they needed. So that was, that was probably one of the worst feelings was finding out that she was in there. She normally gets everything that she needs to out and she didn't get the one she needed that still had the melanoma in it. So after that, um, it was all right, let's, we got to go back in there. We got to get it out. Yeah. So, um, she went back in and. So no, we waited on that one. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, so we watched it 
just because of that she had taken other ones out we're like okay we're gonna we're gonna watch to make sure to see if this has grown any if it spreads if any mm -hmm. of that so what we did is I started in amino therapy so it's not a chemo um, it's just more of kind of like a targeted therapy um, it's done through an IV so I went to Dubuque um, and I actually started to meet with Dr. Engelman there. Um, he's one of the main oncologists there at um, the cancer center. And so I met with him and I was able to do my treatments right there um, at, the, at the hospital. So I went in and I had to have blood work done about an hour beforehand and my treatments only took about half an hour to an hour the first round and then they had to flush sailing and double check and make sure all that so um, I went through quite a few of those I didn't end up making the full the full year because when I had gone up for one of my other scans um, they had found that the tumor that they were watching had grown so it was it was going to be to go in and get that one out this time they were going to put a seed on it so they were going to plant and basically when they went in and biopsied to make sure they were going to plant a seed on it. So when I when they were going to go in, they were going to know that that was the one that they needed to get out. So I'm thinking like a seed, like a flower seed, or but it's not. Yeah, like so that. it's kind of like a marker. So basically like a radioactive, like oh, when they go in, they're going to see this, this marking on there Got that it. that's the one that we need. Okay. And kind of like a game of cat and mouse, but they knew exactly where that mouse was going to be. They had Got to it. go. They had to go in and find it. So... Um, then in, that was in January of 2020, she went in and took the seed out, um, with the lymph node along with 22 more lymph nodes. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yep. So, um, three of them contained some scattered pieces of melanoma, but six of them were fully engulfed with melanoma. So all in all, because they still had them on there, she's considered that nine out of the 22 of them had, had melanoma in it. At that point, um, I kind of forgot to back up on that, that with the immunotherapy that I was doing, um, it obviously wasn't successful that with doing all those treatments, all that stuff, that it had grown and actually it had spread a little bit. So um, besides my, underneath my armpit, it had spread up to my, underneath my collarbone kind of area. So when she did that surgery in February of 2020, when she took the nine out, it was between my bottom of my neck and my armpit altogether. Wow. So that's kind of where they found, they found those ones. And, and clearly what happened a month later with everything shutting down, you know, from a surgery standpoint, mm -hmm. yep, that's amazing timing for all that to right. take place because I'm sure that would have postponed. Oh, absolutely. Significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-COVID, oh. that was, yeah, that was kind of a big, I would say in a way, a, a good thing. Um, so after that surgery, because of the two portions that she had taken out I had to come home with not one but two drains in so I had the one in the normal armpit and I had one up here in my upper chest and obviously one drain is enough to have trouble functioning with let alone two of them so um and actually at that point after these surgeries they would send me home with my own suture kit with my own gloves you know the whole prep and stuff and that I could take that drain out if I wanted to myself 
well, I hate blood. I hate needles. So all that kind of stuff like makes me want to throw up and freak mm-hmm. out. So there's no way I would knew that I could do it myself. So luckily I have a good couple friends that are nurses. So I'm like, hey, I have this, this drain in me. Would you want to? And they jumped on it right away. They're of course like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be so fun. Let's do it. And I'm like, oh my God, well, it's going to be fun for you, but not for me. Yeah. So they're in the right profession. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So um, my friend Nikki came over and she did the one I didn't have the full drainage out of the top one yet. So I had to keep that one in for a little bit longer. So she came and did the armpit one and yeah, stiffed the stitches and breathe deep and one, two, three, here we go, pull and out it came. And yeah, didn't hurt, didn't, everything was great. Um, so then a couple days later, it was actually coming up close to Valentine's day and I was ready to get the other one pulled out. And Josh and I, and good friends of ours always go up to the Luxembourg. They have their sweetheart supper mm-hmm. up there. So here out of the blue, I came down with a stomach bug, legitly thrown up diarrhea all that fun stuff and I'm like okay this thing has got to come out like it's already uncomfortable I already feel terrible like I know we're not going up to go out and I just I just needed to get it out so my friend Kelsey um came over and I'm like I've been sick just I just need it out though so like I I had her start to start to cut the cut cut everything and I'm like okay this one's gonna be just as fine I've had the armpit done before this this is gonna be just fine and she starts pulling and it tugs so bad up here in my chest. And I already was obviously not feeling very good. And I'm like, this is, this is not good. This is not normal. I don't know what's going on. And so she's sitting there and I'm about ready to pass out. So we were in my living room and I sat down and she's like holding on and she's trying to pull and she goes, just breathe, just breathe. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. And so I'm having my hand up here and I just feel like she's just going to rip my skin and rip everything all right out. And all of a sudden we hear a snap and I'm like, okay. oh my God, what in the hell just happened? And the look on her face and then her looking at me was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And she got on her phone immediately and was trying to call and she was trying to call in cause she worked at Guttenberg at the time. And she's like, what do I do? What do we do here? She's, she's got the drain snapped. I know it did. She goes, it's a, it's inside somewhere. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like what do I, I don't even know what to feel. I don't even know what to do. Like, I just want to go to bed. I just, I felt, I, I felt so crappy. So I'm like, well, there's gotta be a way to find out what the hell just happened. (laughs) So I called in to Mercy in Dubuque and knowingly that I was probably going to have to have an x-ray or have to have something to see if there was anything inside. I called up to Mayo Clinic first too. And I had talked to try to get a hold of my surgeon and her team and just say, Hey, this happened. What the hell do I do? (laughs) What do I do? What happens? And I just, I just still, I laugh about it because it's like, seriously, that would happen. That would happen to me. So we got into um, Mercy, and I warned him obviously right away. I'm like, hey, FYI, I have a stomach bug too, so you're just going to want to. So we sat in the ER, and they're like, okay, we're going to want to do an x-ray because normally those, those have embedded markers in them that you can see if they're internal or not. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we go back to an x-ray. Um, everything came back normal. And I'm like, okay is still the weirdest thing ever so I had a follow-up up up with Mayo the next within the next how many 
week maybe I think. So nothing came out. Nothing that I could see had come out. So when you looked at the bottom of the tube, there were air holes, kind of like where the seepage and stuff is supposed to start to come in. That's a bad word, seepage and stuff. Anyway, it had started, that's where your, the liquid would filter into. Well, it looked almost kind of like it was a clean break. So it was like, okay, huh. is it is it gone? Is it out of there? Then maybe I'm just freaking out for absolutely no reason. And so they told me just to monitor to make sure like if I had any any kind of feeling up there at all that I mean to let them know. So I'm like, okay, that's that's easy enough to do. So we went up and met with um, the surgeon's team up there and they were like, I, I brought my tube even up there with me to prove that, hey, look at this. Can you see what, what the hell's going on here? And they said, actually, it looks, it looks fine. Um, wow. There's not really anything that we can really see. Um, just monitor it and kind of see, see what's gonna happen. So at that point, obviously, I had felt good. Everything was that. So they reassured me that, it, okay, hmm. it was just a fluke. Everything's fine. Really, I think I heard a snap though. Like, yeah. What's that yeah. snap? Yeah, yeah. So um, after going through that stuff um, and knowing that the immunotherapy was not an option for me because it didn't work the first time, they wanted me to try a different kind of, of therapy. Um, there's different kinds of studies and different kinds of trials and different things like that. And um, my mom actually works with a gal whose son, uh, Dylan Slattery, he had had melanoma also around the same time that mine had started to. Um, he had done some trials. He had done different kind of tests, all that stuff. And it, he, he was always so sick and admitted to the hospital and it made me definitely be like, no, that's not anything I want to do. Like, if it's going to help me, still, I just don't think that I want to, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to have to put myself through that stuff. So if there's a different way, let's, let's try to go a different way. Yeah. So I had to have some genetic testing done. Um, mm -hmm to know which, which route I was gonna go. There was a one mutation that they were wanting to look for, and it's called the BRAF mutation. Um, if it's detected, my plan was to go on two types of targeted therapy pills. So mm -hmm. they're basically called chemo pills, um, but they're more of a targeted therapy. It's still not, not a chemo. Um, so, I had to have all different kinds of that testing done, waiting for that. In my oncologist's words, it was going to be better for me to have the mutation than not to have the mutation. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's weird to come back and say that my treatment was going to be, my outlook was going to be better if I had the mutation than yeah. if I didn't. So after waiting for all that, um, I was able to get the call that I did in fact have it. You did. So I do have the mutation. Yep. So that was for me to start on those those two pills. Um, that was at the start of COVID is when I started all this stuff. Mm. The main side effects of the drugs are chills, fever, diarrhea, vomit, like all the same symptoms, the main symptoms what COVID came out to be. So when I first started these pills, not knowing what was going on, how I was gonna feel, all this stuff. Calling in, they were always like, oh, you need a COVID test, oh, you need to get tested. And I'm like, no, this is not, like I haven't been anywhere, I haven't done anything. 
I had started working from home, so I was like, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Like this, I'm not gonna come in and get tested every single time yeah. I feel like I have a symptom. So they're like, from now on, just call in straight, to ask for the nurse, tell her that this is going on because they want her to monitor them. So just kind of fluctuating with the, with the pills, getting that kind of figured out was mm-hmm. okay. Was this gonna make me sick? Was it not? Um, it was even to the fact like that. I hurt so bad that like Lainey would even just come up and like just touch me and it would hurt. Like there'd be days I'd just want to sit in the chair and my fever would be so bad or my chills would be so bad that I'd go in and I'd take a hot shower and then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm finally starting to feel a little better. This is good. I'd go back in the chair, I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up with a fever. So like it was a continuous cycle of oh all that. And how long did and, that go on for? Um, it took a couple months for me to get my pills regulated out just to decipher okay we were taking too much in the morning or too much in the evening or so because I have to take it two times a day and so I'd always have to take um, what I started to do is take Tylenol some Tylenol beforehand and that would help mm. lay the symptoms down mm-hmm. so um, and obviously having a two-year-old mm. running around yeah and not even you know just two-year-old that she yeah would mm. want to be on my lap, be around me, and it's like, oh, that was the hardest thing, I think, was, Mom, are you sick again? And stuff like that was just probably one of the hardest, was the hardest feelings. So um, once I started into the betterment of all that, then it was, it wasn't as bad as what I felt like. So, um, so in the midst of all that, while I started, when I was going to start some of those, um, I had started to notice a lump up in my upper chest up by my neck where my incision was and I'm like okay this is this is not normal something's going on so I had to have an appointment to see Dr. Engelman anyway um so I went in and saw him and he's like um yeah that that doesn't look normal up there let's let's maybe have something checked out so he's like I'm gonna just have you go down and get a biopsy here quick just to see what what the heck that is so I went down into Mercy and had a biopsy done, and they were like, I, there's something there, but I can't really decipher what it is. So they took a biopsy and everything came back normal. Mm-hmm. And after my biopsy, I had swollen up quite a bit up around there. And so I went in and Dr. Engelman is like, all right, I'm gonna get you downstairs. We're gonna, we're gonna kind of cut you open and see what the heck's going on a little bit. I didn't have to get put under. Um, I was legitly full aware right in the table. Um, Dr. Healy was who I dealt with that time. Um, he went in and in the same incision that I already had had up there, he cut me open just a little bit to kind of see. And he goes, what in the heck is going on in there? And I'm like, what? Like I'm wide awake. He's right here by my face. Like I was not expecting to have all this go on and wondering what the hell's going on. Some of that tubing was in my neck. Oh my gosh. So um, he cut open a little bit deeper and kind of started digging around. And yeah, here from the past few months that this tubing was in there, he pulled out about three to four inches of tubing. What? So he's thinking that some of it got caught in my incision when they sewed me up from my original, from that surgery. And so yeah, he pulled out like three to four inches of that. And I'm like, oh my God. I kind of wanted to be like, I told all you fuckers that this was in there. <laughs> but, like, I told you, I had some left in there. I knew it broke open. Why yeah. wasn't it expected anywhere else? Mm. And everybody was so dumbfounded. They're like, what? And, like, he, I, I don't normally like to look at any of that kind of stuff. But he legitly pulled it out on the thing, and I looked at it. And 
he's like, see? And that was exactly, you could see the striping and the tubing. You could oh see everything. But he said, if I probably lined it all up together, it'd probably be three or four inches. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So who would have ever thought? I'm like, yeah, of course, here we go again. Just my luck that that, that, that happened again. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So after, after that got taken out, um, about a week or so later, I had some pus buildup and some fluid back up in there. So he just went in and that was the weirdest thing ever. He took a syringe to it and pulled out a whole bunch of fluid. And he's like, well, if it happens again, he goes, just a pus pocket that got in there. Mm. And after that, I didn't have a problem well, that's with it at all either. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so I continued to do, um, the, the targeted, the targeted therapy pills or the chemo pills. I continued to do them for, um, for a year. So every day hmm. taking the amount of pills, getting through everything and, um, I'd go up continuously every three months for scans, making sure everything else looked good. Um, got to the point that I hit my, my year mark. Um, and that was, that was kind of where we, where we left it at, that I was, it was clear. Everything was good. I yeah. could stop my pills. Um, and we'd be all good. So. And again, you're probably like celebrating are you holding on to those words wondering gosh I've heard this before right um it was kind of like a oh yeah it feels good like hopefully it stays away this time you know or mm. uh, um yeah I hope I hope it, we don't have to deal with this again like yeah. I kind of was just like still like a self-doubt of sure this is yeah is this 100% correct like is it gone gone yeah. or is it gonna is it gonna come back yeah um back up a little bit thinking about um after I had had Lainey and after my reoccurrence and stuff had come back um I know they had talked about they weren't for sure really what caused it to come back that was kind of our main concern back mm -hmm. when it had reoccurred um mm -hmm. in 2019 yeah um they were wondering okay could this be hormonal so that was a big a big thing of well Obviously, being pregnant, my body going through so many hormones, trying to decipher, is this is this what it is? Is it not? Um, we kind of got to lay it all out and see what our options are. Um, so, obviously, after having Lainey, I had gone back on um, birth control. And so, I went to the Mirena is what I was on at the time. And they were like, oh, I that might, that could maybe be part of a thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, they wanted me to switch that immediately um, and I had to get approval um, to do the copper IUD which is called the bear guard so when switching in with that too that was something that we monitored mm -hmm. then and it kind of maintained its its balance so I didn't um, have anything else really main that they were watching um, along with the immunotherapy drugs that I was doing too. They would monitor, um, all my blood levels, all my, um, my thyroid was a big thing that mm -hmm. was going to be a problem. Yeah. They had thought too was, okay, am I going to have, um, my levels were going so up and down whether, okay, was my thyroid going to go out and mm -hmm. okay, oh, here you go. Here's a pill that you're going to have to take for the rest of your life, you know, type of a thing too. So that all those different things are a whole bunch of different factors for that. Um, but that ended up not ever being, being okay. a cause for, okay. for that. I know when I stopped the pills at the year mark, it was right almost before my birthday. 
So my birthday's in March. So here in New Vienna, obviously Farmer's Day is one of the biggest things to celebrate around. The biggest. So, yeah. So um, that was probably one of the best things, knowing that I had gotten the cancer free after that, that my scans were clear. Like, let's celebrate. Let's let's have fun. I can drink again. I can do all that. Because that was one thing on the pills. Like, I was limited to only, I was told, one drink maximum, which I can go out and have a good time and not have to drink anyway. And obviously, I had just been pregnant for 10 months anyway, nine mm-hmm. months. So it's like, okay, I, I know what it's like. So... Um, yeah, being able to, to celebrate with friends, do all that stuff, that was that was a big sigh of relief. Um, so just just the waiting game, then waiting to see the next when my next scan was, when when was I gonna see if okay, is this legit? Is this gonna be good again? Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking in the next time that I had an appointment, I went up and um, my pet scan showed another sign of possible melanoma inside um it was in the armpit again so it was just staying directly in the same spot right away my oncologist had said have you gotten your covid shot and i said actually yeah i said you you guys had recommended that dr engelman had recommended that so it was something that obviously had impacted everywhere in our area around in the whole world so it was like okay why not? So I went ahead and she, um, she was like, okay. She goes, what arm did you get it in? And I said, well, my right. So that's one thing also with melanoma or after all my incisions that I've had is that I'm no longer to have anything done in my left arm. So no needle sticks, no lab draws, mm-hmm. no blood pressure cuffs, like all that little wow. stuff that you don't even think about. Yeah. That's something that you have to have done. Um, so she's like, oh, she goes, okay. I was, I was figuring you were going to say that you had it in your right arm, but that since it reoccurred again over here, that she's like, I, I, I don't know if it's, is it a reaction to your COVID shot or is it something involved with that or is it legit just back again? So it was kind of a, okay, what are we going to do this time? She said it's a small enough spot that we didn't want to have to worry about undergoing anything at the time. So they were going to do a biopsy on it just to first see and then that they would watch it again um, after that. Because it had reoccurred, they wanted me to start on a new different kind of regimen. So instead of doing the immunotherapy that I had done before, it was something along the lines, but they added a different kind of drug inside of it. Um, it was a kicker drug that kind of was more, more aggressive than what the regular IV was. I really questioned it at first because obviously I was on it once and it didn't work. So why are we doing this again? Um, that's when she reassured me that with this extra drug in there that, okay, this is, this is going to go after the bad guys more than what the other stuff was. So it was only a series of four, four different immunotherapy treatments. And so I could have those done right up at Rochester just because they wanted to monitor my symptoms. So I had it every if it was every three weeks I think is how how often I had to go up there um but those would last me a, a good couple hours between transferring and all the stuff that they had to move and all the medicines they had to give me one first for so long and then they had to flush me for a while and then put another one in and stuff so um that lasted those those four times um in between there 
I was, they were watching me kind of for the same side effects of the, the headache, the, the fevers, all that stuff. But a big main thing they were watching was um, different, different functions um, in my body. The one thing that I started to have was I started to have a weird kind of a headache and I didn't know if it was regarding the medicine, if not. Um, so I just kind of let it be. Um, I get migraines every once in a while. So I was like, okay, this could just be a really bad one and it is what it is. Um, it got to be where it was a couple days longer than I normally have. Mm -hmm. And like, I wouldn't say my balance was off kilter, but I mean, I work at a computer all day too. So yeah. it was like, okay, is it, what, what's going on? So I've, I tried a couple different migraine drugs, a couple different other things to see if that would help. And it still would not, would not go away. I'm like, okay, something's, something's not right here either. Yeah. So I get out the pamphlet that they had given me for the drugs that I was taking and hear that if I have, if it's prolonged within a week's time to contact them ASAP while well, it was almost to that week's time. And I'm like, okay, this is miserable. Yeah. This is miserable. I, I can't do this. So I contacted them and they're like, okay, we need an MRI done right away of my brain wow. just to make sure everything, cause it's, that's obviously where it's going from. And I'm like, Oh my God, what now? Like seriously is, is the melanoma that we've been watching over here? Did it, did it move? Do I have, do I have a tumor? Do I, you know, that's your worst thing that goes to your head yeah. right away. It's like, Oh God, like what's making my head hurt this bad? Yeah. Do I have a massive tumor now in my head? What's going on? So I went down and actually could have that done locally. So I went down to Gutenberg and I had an MRI done and my pituitary gland is, was really, really inflamed. Mm -hmm. So that controls your, your hormones, your thyroid, it controls your, your level, your, your adrenal glands, like all that stuff. So, um, that was the main thing of like, oh my God, am I, is this going to like blow up or like basically what it does is it, it doesn't explode, but it'll just wear itself out and it'll be done. Wow. So I'm like, okay, like that's another thing that I'm going to have to deal with is yeah. all that. So they threw me on prednisone right away, which is a massive steroid that a lot of people obviously don't like to take. And I didn't like to take it either. Just knowing the fact of, okay, I don't, I don't want to be having to take a steroid mm -hmm. like that at the heavy dose that it was for a while. Mm -hmm. Within 24 hours, my headache was gone. Wow. So that was their regimen to treat all that. And it was due to a side effect due to those other medications. So they're like, okay, now, now what do we do that? Okay. We, we don't want to have to do anything more. Um, okay. So once I got closer to finalizing those last four of those stages of the, of that treatment that I was doing, um, they were still monitoring that, that lymph node that had originally been that they'd been watching for, for quite some time. So what they wanted to do was biopsy it again, that after the fact of, after these treatments said, okay, that was supposed to shrink it, kill it, get, get rid of it all. So they went back in and they did a biopsy at the same time they did a biopsy. They did, they put a clip on it instead. So kind of like the seed that I yeah. had done um, in one of my prior ones, but they put a clip on it instead. Um, so stating that if it would come back as active melanoma again, then they would um, do surgery. And then immediately after surgery, they were gonna discuss different options because obviously I've done the pills, I've done the immunotherapy, I've done this extra immunotherapy, what, what's next? Yeah. Um, chemo is one thing that can't 
technically fight against melanoma for some reason. Oh. That's one drug that normally hmm. isn't an option. So radiation can. That is one thing that we can we could use mm. against if we had to. Mm-hmm. So um, I went back up in November of last year, and that's kind of when they they decided um, to have to have surgery done before. Well, getting to the end of the year and um, trying to push for, okay, my deductible's been met for how long? You know, insurance, all that fun stuff, too. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's, let's try to get this in so I can enjoy Christmas. I can, mm-hmm. I can enjoy all that. So um, we ended up scheduling surgery. Yeah, it wasn't until February of this year is when they were able to um, get in and have surgery. So this time she went in and with the clip already there, they had placed another seed in there again too. Um, And she went in, took six lymph nodes out this time. Um, The largest one of them, it was only quite a bit smaller um, than they had originated, but now it was almost up to almost three centimeters big is how big it was. And for it to start so small, she's like, I cannot believe that it it had gotten this, this large over that little time span of time that we had waited. So, um, out of those lymph nodes, six of them were all, they all contained melanoma in it. So it's like, okay, seriously, is it, can I just chop my arm off? (laughs) Can I just take it out? Can we clean everything out? And I can, I can just, be done with it um so after that knowingly that surgery that was at that point was like my sixth sixth or seventh surgery that I've had done um let alone probably in my armpit that was at least five of them in there so they they knew that radiation was probably gonna have to be a thing that I was gonna have to do that immediately was something that I I freaked out on kind of a little bit just because of um, what what am I gonna how am I gonna do this like I have I have to do this depending on like when you hear of people doing radiation it's it's every day it's mm. um, obviously it doesn't take very long but having to be away from your I mean it's it's a whole new new yeah. normal for somebody so I was able to um, talk to one of the radiation specialists up there and they had made a program for me that was gonna fit that I would do every other day for a week and a half. Mm. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Like, there's people that go down for a whole month straight every day and have it done. So in order to do this, they were gonna do it um, in stronger doses, and it still would only take 15 minutes, but just knowing the fact that I could do it every other day and be done in a week and a half was kind of shocking. Um, I had gone to the cancer center in Dubuque and I had met with a radiation specialist there too. And I had asked him, okay, what can you guys do for me? You're local. I mean, I only have to drive half an hour compared Mm -hmm. to the two hours and 45 minutes it is up to Rochester. So what, what could you do? And their, their minimum would be a month and I'd have to go every day. So it was okay. Josh and I sat down, we, we kind of ran some figures. It's, it's not obviously the fact of up and rooting, okay, would I have to 
go stay up in Mayo for, for a week and a half and do all these treatments? Or would I be able to, okay, we'll just drive every day, I have somebody go with me just for comfort, mm-hmm. and then um, by the time you pay gas and all that stuff back and forth, it's like, okay, for the little bit more time, it would be invested to go to Dubuque, the little bit cheaper, the more that it was, I could just be done so much faster. Mm-hmm. So that was along the time frame again at the year mark where, um, okay, it was... February. It was getting close to my birthday, Farmer's Day. You know, we had all this other stuff that we wanted to do. So I'm like, let's just go for it. Let's let's do it up at Rochester. So I started the the every other day program. Um, I had to go up one time before and have a fitting done. So they basically like fill a pillow hmm. for you. So you lay at this table and they insert um, little tattoos in. So I have permanent tattoos under me, both my armpits and um, in my chest. But that's kind of where they know to line you up. They go ahead and you lay down and um, you fill this pillow so you're comfortable, you don't move. 15 minutes, you're in and out and you're done. Um, I think I laid in that same position for like two hours the one day when they fitted me for everything to just know that when you get in, it's simulation rounds of trying, oh, okay, this doesn't work here, this doesn't work there. So I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I had gotten a care package from some friends of um, ours that had like lotions for sunburn and you know things because mm. that's something that could be a side effect sure. of it normally you don't have anything really else I was a little bit more worried my first instinct was okay am I gonna lose my hair all that stuff but that's more chemo related than not radiation so um we went up and the first couple were were not I didn't feel anything I'm like as soon as they turn the music on um, we got out and they're like, okay, you're done. I'm like, legitly 15 minutes and wow. all right, let's go get something to eat. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah. So another three hours. I mean, that was the bad part is I was trying to get them to where I could go work part of a day and mm-hmm. then go up in the afternoon. And by the time the schedules got around, it just didn't end up working that way. So, um, by the time my third treatment came, which was only obviously a week's time span, I got strep throat. So I had to push time back, and they're like, well, we can we can work around it. We can do all this. And I'm like, I'm miserable. Like, that's the last thing I want to do is go sit in a car for three hours, technically six hours on the way back, and have all this. And I'm like, is that something that could be a f- part of my like a reaction? Yeah. Is it a reaction? Is it not? I don't know what's going on. So they definitely said that it wasn't, that it wasn't having anything to do with it. It was just a fluke. I'm like, okay, whatever. So my last two, so we got pushed back a treatment, which was fine. Um, so I went back that following week and I had my last two. Um, I ended up, my last one was on the 19th or on the 18th. My birthday's on the 19th. So I'm like, whoo, perfect. One day, (laughs) one day I made her right, right done. So we were able to, um, I'm like, oh, great. This is going to be a great weekend. We had the guys for the young men's had, um, they had lonesome roads. So. Um, obviously me working at the hall and doing all that, but it was like, oh, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be a fun weekend. And here, um, I don't know if it was, but I had started feeling kind of crappy after the strep throat, but, um, I had come down again with another stomach bug and luckily I made it up there and on the way home. And as soon as we pulled into the driveway, I told Josh, I'm like, um, are you, do you have to go to the bathroom? And he goes, no, he goes, okay get out of my way I'm gonna go and yeah I was so sick and I didn't know if I had anything to do with 
with the radiation and stuff too and they're like no it just must be kind of a bug you know and um so yeah going into ending my radiation um coming home sick all that stuff I'm like oh it felt so good to to ring the bell and to get through that milestone and um to come home and yeah and then to end up sick and then farmer's day of course we were so excited to celebrate and I legitly was outside to watch the parade I came back in and I slept and then I went back um I came and peeked my head in at the at the dance that night and oh, kind of got to say hi and I'm like sorry guys I I can't I can't do any of this I'm gonna have to go back home so yeah so yeah um so really just now it's kind of a a trial and error and seeing if okay has has this worked has it not mm -hmm. um I did have an appointment um let's see in April so like I said I finished on the 18th of March I did have a follow-up appointment in April and um so far what she could see was was nothing there oh. um whether anything that was in there had shrunk or it had zapped it all and gotten rid of it or um it's what she could see was a little bit of residual kind of damage yeah um, more stuff that they see with melanoma than what they don't so um would you have like a lot of scar tissue so i already do anyway from all the surgeries that i've had and that was another thing like when they started to talk about the radiation was okay if if we do radiation we don't know if we even want to put you through another risk of having another surgery because mm -hmm. okay can i handle it can i i'm already on the verge of in i mean we're watching for lymphedema we're measuring yeah. you know making sure none of that happens and luckily knock on wood through all these procedures i've never had anything oh. anything happen with that so just watching and monitoring and seeing um if okay the damage in there if it's gonna keep itself all contained and if i'm done um i know when they did treat me they did treat me from my armpit and all the way up into my lower neck so my superclavicular mm. area and um that's their main because that's obviously where the where the melanoma has stayed the wow. entire time so hopefully um actually here in, in the next month i'll go up for another for another scan and i know i'm assuming they'll probably keep me on the same every three months until i hit a mark and then go from there i'm going to be very leery when the time comes for my five year mm -hmm. if they do the same thing that or if because i've been known to reoccur mm -hmm. that okay am i gonna Am I going to graduate at the five years and be done? Or am I going to be monitored now for the rest of my life type of a situation? Yeah. Does it change how you look at each day? Does um, it change how you look to live your life with most, what you've experienced? Most definitely. Um, obviously, feeling that this has been going on since 2013. Like, I'm going to be coming up next year. It'll be 10 years that I've been battling this, this yeah. disease on and off. So, just the fact of... Okay, like I said earlier, if my five year mark would have been would have been done and okay mm. all these all these tumors that have popped up or reoccurred after my pregnancy would would have this would I be dead by now type of a thing oh or they can't um you know like prolonging life type of a stuff um my surgeon bless her heart she uh one of the first things that she said after one of my last surgeries she came in and she goes, well don't want you to worry about nothing you're gonna live a long time and you're gonna be here a long time and so it's kind of like a fact of like okay like I did doubt like okay why 
Will I get to see Lainey graduate? Will I, will I get to do that kind of stuff? Um, I think that was the hardest, the hardest thing for me. But I know I'm in a good place. Um, Mayo's been, been fantastic. Dr. Ingman, him and his team have been fantastic at Dubuque. So just hopefully monitoring, keeping, keeping that kind of stuff going. Um, I, I hope that I can, I can see all that kind of stuff. Um, I just don't know. That's the hard part. The answers are unknown. So hopefully, like I said, and like I catch myself saying hopefully a lot, but, um, you got the right like I said, it's too. just I feel fine. I don't I don't feel sick. I don't feel I don't feel like weak. I don't feel like the pain that people go through and all that stuff that are battling or that are yeah. go through like the breast can't like all the chemo like seeing all that stuff. Um, it's so hard that and obviously with me starting this in 2013, being one of the only ones around the area that had had any of this happen. And now I have a good friend of mine that recently was diagnosed and it's a whole new, whole new ball game. So it's, it's kind of nice for me to be like, okay, this is, this is what I did. This is yeah. whether it works for you, whether it doesn't, um, different kind of therapies, different, all the different things that he tried and kind of all along the same, the same lines of things. And here come to find out he got to go up to Mayo and he had the same surgeon I did mm. and kind of a, oh, Hey, say hi type of a thing. And, um, she she laughed and she said seriously you guys gotta stop drinking the water down there it's, this is not this is not good so um yeah just through the whole journey of I mean hey this is this is real this is happening um it's it's really crazy to me too I don't know if it's if it was meant to be with Josh too um before I met Josh he had a cousin um his name was Ryan Langle and he passed away from melanoma um knowing not knowing that I didn't get to know him um he passed away right before Josh and I actually had gotten together so um meeting his mom and dad and the big advocates that they are for the outrun the race in Piazza um that's been a a big thing now that both I started out doing with his family and mm. doing for Ryan and not even knowing him and now here come the fact that he had the same dermatologist you know that I had we had a lot of the same things and that I'm getting to do what he should be here getting to do. That's that's the hard thing. So, um, yeah, now every year we get to, we go, it's normally Memorial Day weekend, and the last few years we've had a team in it for, for myself, Team Burl. So um, my sister started it a couple years ago that we made shirts and um, a whole bunch of friends and family and everybody coming out to support support the cause for, for outrunning the Rays and raising money for... Yeah for a good cause and um just knowing that it's it's out there everywhere that I mean people are diagnosed with skin cancer all the time and um my mom has had moles removed multiple times too and um she had a section of melanoma in her arm that she was recently taken out um my sister come to find out ended up having a spot on her neck that she had taken off and it didn't go any further but it was melanoma and it was gone and it was done so yeah um looking back now yeah at everybody and seeing oh crap okay like there were signs there were other things that nobody just really watched and found and boom yeah so you would probably really encourage people to take notice of their body and 
something looks off or weird to check into it. Yep. Um, So the big thing that I always am told by Dr. Hoy, he tells me every time that I see him, um, just check yourself. Nobody knows yourself better than you. Um, If you can't look at certain areas, have somebody help you. Have somebody check. Um, Even if you don't have any moles, still just the fact of looking. Um, Women, we have odd areas that we can get in. Um, Behind your knees, on your feet, um, other little areas. I, in fact, have had many that have been, like, precancerous that have been taken off um, on my butt. I'm like, okay, my butt doesn't see sun. <laughs> that is the one thing that is the that is white, yeah. yeah. That it's, I've had, yeah, multiples taken off there. But, yeah, backs of your legs, um, underneath your feet, um, between your toes, between your fingers, yeah. anywhere, just random little things. Um, personally, I... I'm a sunscreen Nazi anyway, so we love to be outside. It's hard for my daughter to keep her inside, mm-hmm. but um, just watching and making sure every so many hours sunscreen gets put on. Um, making sure, the one thing that my dermatologist had told me too, that um, the SPFs, just make sure when you're putting sunscreen on or buying sunscreen, um, anything over 50, okay, you can buy 100 SPF if you want to, or 75. It's kind of, it's worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, it does just the same amount as what a 50 FPS is. That's kind of what the, the basis, if you want, is a 50 mm-hmm. um, SPF. But, yeah, just watching fair skin. I mean, everybody that's got any kind of blemish, anything, just make sure you're watching it can turn into anything. Um, obviously, the UV light from outside, um, the moles, if anybody has them, just make sure yeah, you're watching them. Um, Round and brown is what Dr. Hoy always says, making sure it's round, um, symmetrical, mm-hmm. that even if it's got a little bit of a color to it, it's it's okay. If it's starting to change and grow, uh, that kind of stuff, that's kind of when you want to start to say, oh, okay, I maybe need to get this thing checked. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't know, even if you don't know what you're looking for, mm-hmm. make a call to a dermatologist. It yeah. doesn't have to be, I mean, obviously I see Dr. Hoy, it can be, it can be anybody that you go see physicians normal your normal doctors can can look at them too but they're not going to know some of the depths of the other stuff so it's nice to just go see them and I see Dr. Hoy on a regular basis I see him every three to six months so he's still looking me head to toe digging through my hair looking looking everywhere just to make sure that if there's spots and if he sees anything suspicious he's not scared to to take it off so I've had many many taken off in spots that okay we're just going to check it we're going to make sure it's good yeah. And nothing more has come back yeah. besides besides that spot. So, um, yeah. Would you say you have a song or a quote that you found motivation or inspiration through? Ooh, that's a hard one. to a lot of music so it's I wouldn't really say for sure a, a big a big song um, one of the big things that I always say is I've got this mm-hmm. or a lot of people say you've got this it's, it's kind of one of the big things that's stuck um, another one Yeah. 
Um, so the shirt that my sister had made, um, it just says Burl's Black Ribbon Brigade on the front and on the back she put one of the sayings that we thought we liked the best. Um, it says melanoma, from every wound there's a scar and every scar tells a story. Mm -hmm. And then at the bottom it just says never give up. So as we close out, you know, what do you and your family like to do for fun? Oh, we like to do a lot of stuff. Um, we like to be outside. We like to be on the farm. Um, we like to go four-wheeling, ATVing, um, getting away, doing that kind of stuff. Lainey keeps us very busy, so yeah. trying to keep up with her and doing everything that she wants to do. And granted, she's the only one, so she's spoiled, so that, that helps too. <laughs> but um, yeah, just being being out, doing things, hanging out with friends. Um, we're starting to get into truck pull time. So my husband and um, our good friend Travis have a have a pulling truck together. So we'll start going to tractor pulls and yeah, stuff. And fun. it's perfect getting into summer. So going to splash pads and yeah. swimming and Lainey's starting to do all that kind of stuff. Hopefully to get out on the river and, and do all that stuff. But um, that's, that's kind of really... That's cool. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we end tonight? Um, not, not really. Just, just like I said, um, just there's different things for prevention for, for melanoma, for skin cancer, for everything. Um, just make sure watching out for the sun, um, UV rays. Make sure you're putting sunscreen on. If you're going to be around me, you're going to hear it multiple times. That, like I said, I'm the Nazi. So put your sunscreen on. Um, make sure it's at least 30 SPF, um, even on cloudy days. That's that's one of the most pe things that people forget is it's still getting through. It's it's going to get to you. Um, protective clothing, even like the... Um, the dry fit material. Mm -hmm. um, it's breathable, that kind of stuff. Just make sure you're covering your skin. Um, lightly woven clothes is fine. Um, tanning beds. I can't say enough about how much I hate them. There's so many people that love them, that do it. Um, come prom time, I work right across from a hair salon and they have a tanning bed in there and watching the girls going in and doing a tanning bed. And um, I think one time I went in when I was in college, I was peer pressured before any of this stuff started and I went in and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is not my thing anyway. So I, I don't want to do it, but, um, yeah, watching, just avoid the tanning beds, um, lamps, any of that kind of stuff, anything that emits those UV rays, it's, it's not good for your body. Not, not alone, just melanoma, but it could be skin cancer or yeah. any type that could, that could go along. But, and also just, just be familiar with your skin, your body. Um, you're going to be the one that notices the changes get in front of a mirror, do checks, um, just watch, watch for all those kind of, kind of things. Um, well, I thank you. To me, you are such a fighter, you know, for all those times, my goodness, all the surgeries, all the lymph nodes, I didn't even know one part of our body could have right. that many lymph nodes. <laughs> yep. But it just, it almost reminds me of that song. Like, I think it was like Chamba Wamba. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm like envisioning with you. Like, yep you are so grounded and just like firm and I and being able to take it I know it, it can't be easy to do but you're fighting it right 
yeah. and you're finding all avenues and being that resource. So I thank you so much for opening up and sharing your story and just really inspiring me so much. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And if anybody ever has any questions regarding anything, don't don't be afraid. Reach out. I can I can get you people that I know, places to go, things like that. That um, I'm not scared to share anything. I'll I'll be very blunt. I'll be very personal. I. I want other people to know what could go on before it's too late. A few other areas that I forgot to mention um, about melanoma. There, like I said, there's places that have little to no exposure to sun that you can get um, anywhere between your toes and the palms um, on your hair. That's the big one. That That's where I remembered from Josh's cousin, Ryan, that that's where his was found was in his hair. Um, his girlfriend at the time was... I don't really know what 100% was going on, but looked at his hair and um, was like, whoa, you realize this is this is there? And by the time he went in to have it checked, it was it was too late. Um, so that's that's a big that's a big one. Um, mouth, your mouth, your eyes, your um, urinary tract, your digestive mm. tract. It can be anywhere inside. So not knowing like those kind of cases, um, it's hard to see those. But when you go to the dentist, have them look in your mouth. Just say, hey, is there something that you can see in there? Even um, if you go and you have your eyes checked regularly or just for um, an up, updated, to, I want to say an eye exam, mm -hmm. um, they, can, they can gladly look in there and see too. So that's something that with all of my stuff that I've had, that since I've had it, that's one thing that they want to they want to keep an eye on so I my dentist knows my eye doctor knows um, and especially with my medications and stuff that's one thing that they're wanting me to to monitor um, other another spot that's really unusual is in your nails hmm. you see a dark spot that's in there um, it could definitely be something that you definitely could have checked out uh, there's a thing also that I had found too that is kind of like the ABC's of melanoma um, a is for your um, asymmetrical shape. So look for moles that are irregular. Um, they have two different looking looking halves. The B is for border. So look for moles with irregular notched scalloped borders. Um, even if you have like a mole that's starting to peel or an area that you're kind of picking at and it keeps coming off, just make sure you're checking that when it comes back. C is for color. Um, changes all different. Looking back at when I was originally diagnosed, mine, looking back at the pictures that I had, mine was black. Um, they should be light brown to brown. I mean, some of them could have a little bit of color in black, but black is the main, is obviously a no-go. D is for um, diameter, so watching the growth um, around. Anything larger than a fourth of an inch is something that they always want to keep an eye on. I do have a couple that's still on my body that they monitor um, and he measures every once in a while. Um, and the last one is E, and that's for evolving. So over time, making sure the growing in size, the color, the shape, um, new signs, symptoms, um, itching, bleeding, anything that you see that when you have a mole, that if it's, when you're itching it, it's gonna bleed. If it's something that's not going away, um, make sure it's something that you don't, don't let it look past. Hmm. Um, one other thing that I kind of trailed off on before was um, with my pituitary gland when I was having that all checked out. Luckily that nothing more kind of came about once I do, um, went off the prednisone. They looked at 
and monitored and did some testing on me and found that I now have an adrenal insufficiency. So my body doesn't make enough cortisol. Hmm. Cortisol is something that everybody has in their body that helps them so they don't get sick. So that's one thing that I now have to take a medication for for the rest of my life. Um, It's one thing that if I'm in an accident, if anything extreme stress, anything related can really trigger me to go off and it can be it can be very, very harmful to me. So um, I have to wear a, a med ID bracelet um, that in case I'm ever in anything that I have, my name, emergency contacts, um, adrenal insufficiency, that I need to make sure that I have that cortisol that um, I have. I also do have like an action plan that I have to follow. So it's, if I have good days, I continue my meds, everything normal. Um, if I have a bad day where I, I don't feel very well. Um, I can double up my dosaging and do that for so many days and I'm okay. If I'm super sick, I get to a zone that's called the red zone that is, all right, I have a a bio and a syringe and I have to give myself um, medication. So I have to give myself a shot. And if that's in the case that I cannot take my medicine that I have to. So if I can go to the next 24 hours and feel fine, then I can continue back to my normal. Um, otherwise, I have to be taken to the emergency room ASAP because it can become deadly. So um, if you see me wearing my bracelet around, you can see that that's, that's what that's for. Um, my husband, my, my family, they know that in case we're in a situation ever that um, I have to be given the, given the shot. Everybody yeah. kind of has has kind of a background of what has to be done. Um, I even have to have the action plan on my fridge so people know if they come in or if we have anything that would happen here that yeah. people know that prepared. Oh, crap. Like, she's got to have this done right wow. away. So um, just another little side effect of some things that yeah. I add on into the to the mix of everything else. But I think that's... That's all I got. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much for listening in to the hardship journey episode. It would mean so much to me if you would share this episode with a friend or family member or even post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. And I hope you feel inspired and motivated from listening to this episode. And no matter what, comes your way on life's journey, you can make your own hardship journey.